W-I-K-S. Episode 108. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. Hello, hello, wonderful friends. Welcome to another episode of Simplify Chaos. This is Jillian, one of your hosts. I'm with two co-hosts today, Nicholas, my husband, and my daughter, Lucille. Lucille, do you want to say hi? Yeah. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. How's it going? How's it going? (laughs) And what's going on, folks? (laughs) Hope you all are having a wonderful week. We've got another great episode here for you today. This is an interview episode, courtesy of Jilly. Who'd you talk to this week? I was so grateful enough to chat with Erica Wynn. She is a former accountant turned food and healthy lifestyle blogger with her husband. And uh, she's also a brand new mama too. Uh, But her story is really, really incredible. Um, Let's just say her winding, beautiful journey unfolds to help her discover her passion for all things related to real food, movement, mindset, habits, and community. Um, uh, We laughed in this episode. We cried. Uh, I think basically you're going to feel happier and lighter and just super inspired after you listen to this episode. This lady is incredible, and I can't wait for you guys to hear her incredible story and then just all the great wisdom that she shares with us today. Awesome. Well, without further ado, here is Jill's interview with Erica. I guess like to start every episode, Nick and I always like to just start off with gratitude. And I saw that you guys are big on that too. And we yes. dive more into like everything that you guys are about. So <laughs> exciting. Um, but what's one thing that you are grateful for today? I think the thing I'm finding myself most grateful for is just my little family like Justin and Dora is just day in and day out like the thing in life right now that I'm just like oh thank god like thank god this all happened and worked out and here we are I can't imagine like going through life in general but like just this past year especially like with the pandemic and quarantining and all the things like I like couldn't have better company for being stuck at home. (laughs) Completely agree. Um, We co-live with my sister and her husband and their little boy. So it's like, we have two families in this pretty large house. So it's like, we've had our own little tight knit community in here. And it's like, kept me sane, like being able to connect with them and like, Mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, even if it was just Nick and Lucille and I together in one house, I couldn't agree more that it's like your little, our little tripod is just, is just awesome. It's like, yeah. I never get sick of them. I don't understand. Like I'm with them all the time. Like, how do I not get sick of you guys yet? I know. I feel that way too. I think like we of course have like our frustrations and our like, you know, cabin fever and whatnot, because I mean, how could you not given mm-hmm. the situation we've been living in? Um, and especially I think like with winter, like it gets real cold here too. And usually it gets snowy. And so definitely we've like been inside a little bit more than we were for like a first several months of quarantine but um but yeah somehow I'm just like I don't know it's not so bad I'm like yeah I look forward to like life going back to more of a norm or like a new norm that's a little bit more outside of just our home but like I'm also like 
I don't know. It could be so much worse. Like it's not that bad. <laughs> I agree. I've been uh, stuck at home. Isn't as bad as I thought. I'm getting very comfortable just wearing yoga pants all the time and not putting on shoes anymore. <laughs> I, well, I kind of already did that before anyway. Like if I'm going to be entirely honest with you, uh, for like a number of years, I've lived in yoga pants of some sort. I used to like dress them up a lot more and like look cuter in them. And I think I've kind of gone downhill on that front for sure. <laughs> um, but you know, maybe one day I'll step my game up again. <laughs> it's probably that you just got more confident and you're like, these are awesome. Like I look great. I don't have to dress it up. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We're going to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, so I, I did a little dive at like, I've, I've always like read your story. Um, and I've always been so inspired by it and I would love for it to come from you. If you could just share a little bit about your story, you know, I know you've had a lot of ups and downs and crazy roller coaster rides as most people, but I just think it's so inspiring. It'd be so cool if you could share it as little or as much as you want to just like how you started to like, how you got to be where you are today, like living this amazing life that you guys have. Yeah, sure. Happy to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, you know, try to think of like a good starting point. And I think it's like my childhood and stuff is all pretty vanilla. I grew up like had two older sisters, a mom and a dad. My parents got divorced when I was in middle school. And I feel like that's also kind of like a norm now, unfortunately, like super sad that that's a norm. But I think like most people I know have divorced parents. Um, but so that I guess like growing up, it didn't feel like it was like that big of a deal, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like it seemed like this was happening to like a lot of friends, parents kind of all around the same time, give or take, you know, maybe five years. But so I don't feel like my childhood was pretty standard. I played sports all growing up. Um, I was the youngest of three girls. My sisters are five and six years older than me. So I was kind of the baby. Um, And I think that that, like, just being the baby and having, like, older siblings who were, there's, you know, a decent age gap between us kind of, like, forced me in a way to not necessarily, like, grow up faster, but just, like, I was always watching. And so I always learned from their mistakes. And so I feel like I, like, didn't have to do as much trial and error maybe as they did growing up. That's smart. Cause it was like, I was like, Oh, they already did that. It didn't work out. Well, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, avoided, I avoided a lot of, um, you know, common, common errors and mistakes that kids and teens make just from having watched my sisters go through it. So in that sense, I feel like my childhood was kind of easy because I didn't have to like, go through the throes of a lot of things. I was already like, yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> I've seen that one play out before. Um, but yeah, so things didn't really like start to get interesting, I guess, until I was in my 20s. I like right after I turned 21 was when I found out I had MS, multiple sclerosis. And I think that's like when life kind of like no one could have prepared me for that. Like I'd grown up and I'd learned from everyone else's mistakes. And I was like ahead of the curve because of it. I was, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was like smarter and wiser than a lot of people my age because of my experience growing up. And all of a sudden I, you know, hit adulthood early on at 21, found out I had this chronic disease that I was going to have to figure out how to cope with for the rest of my life. And that was when it was like kind of like the first time where I was like, 
no one prepared me for this. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> like, how do I manage this? How do I figure this out? And I think like, so that was over 14 years ago now. And like the landscape of living with chronic disease, autoimmune disease was so different 14 years ago than it is right now. So given my age and just given like the time that it was, there weren't like a lot of resources except for you go see a neurologist and they put you on medication. And so that was the route I took. It was like, I was 21 and all of a sudden I have this disease. And I'm like, I'm just trying to finish college. Like, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And so, I mean, you just expect, you just expect that you can trust the expertise of the doctors and, and that community that you're thrown into. And um, so I just, I followed that. I went right on conventional medications, like right away had like a plan and, you know, like regular appointments with the neurologist and like, kind of like got life going again. And in a sense it was good. It was like, there were like some weird things that were happening in like the six months leading up to my diagnosis. And so by the time I got like an actual formal diagnosis, it was almost a relief. Like it didn't even matter what the diagnosis was just to like know that something was wrong and that I could work on it and like get to feeling better again was like, okay, progress. I'll take it. And so in that sense, like going on conventional medication and like just starting down that path was like probably exactly what I needed in that time and space. Cause I just needed like something to help me move forward. And, um, yeah, so I went several years kind of along that track, um, of just like conventional medications and just like essentially almost tried to like live, like I didn't have a disease. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take medication and move on. Mm. And like that worked for a little while, like when you're 21 and you're, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not, there's so much you don't know when you're 21 and you, and you have to learn and figure out. And, um, yeah, I just kind of was like, well, I'm just going to be bigger than this disease. Like, I'm just going to, you know, like live bigger and live a little bit louder and no one will know that this other thing is like happening. And so I didn't, it's not that I like hid that I had MS, but I also wasn't like out there being like, dude, I just got diagnosed with MS and I'm figuring the shit out. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I was just trying to like figure it out privately and kind of secretly and didn't realize that in the process of doing that, that I was like, you know, this 21 year old who was like just starting to blossom and kind of like come into her own, like all of a sudden, like crinkled and went inward. And it kind of like slowly happened over the course of the next couple of years after I was diagnosed. And um, I had been dating my high school sweetheart since I was like 17, I think junior year in high school. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was 21 and I found out I had this disease and trying to figure it out. And all I could think of was like, oh my gosh, like no one's ever going to want to go through life with me and dealing with this. Like, I have no idea what's ahead. It's probably not pretty. <laughs> um, like all I had known of MS at that point was like, it's kind of a bleak outlook. Like you can go on medication and like prolong si your situation and your prognosis kind of like delay the progression, but like it wasn't a great outlook that I like had in mind. And 
I just was like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? No one's going to want to go through this with me. Why would somebody want to do this? Um, and I think I just like my way to like cope and deal with that was like, well, if I just make it so that it's not an issue for the person I'm with and I don't make it an issue for them, then like they won't have to deal with it. And it will be like, we can go on like it was before. And so I think I tried to do that and I like kept that person out. Like I never like invited them into that side of life, like how it made me feel or how I was trying to deal with it. Like they never went to a single appointment with me. And I can tell you I had a lot of doctor's appointments. Is it because Um, you didn't ask or you just. Both ways. Like I never invited and they never offered either, I guess. I think we were both young. Like he was only a year, year and a half, two years older than me tops. I think that's terrible. I can't even remember. (laughs) I don't know what that says about me. Um, (laughs) Mom brain is a real thing. I am convinced. I, I didn't, I didn't buy into that until after I had Nora and now I like apologize to everyone. I gave a hard time. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's so real, but, but yeah, I think, I think we both kind of did it probably unknowingly. Like, I don't think we did it intentionally, but I think we both like thought if we avoided it and didn't, didn't face it, then we didn't have to deal with it. It was like, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, as you know, that catches up to you at some point. So we, I did, I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. I think I had this inkling that it wasn't right for me, that our relationship wasn't right for me, but I was young. I was, you know, in this place of, like I said, kind of like going deep inward and kind of becoming a shell of myself. Like I was just sort of going through the motions and not really like not really loving life, I guess. I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was like super unhappy, but I just like, I wasn't happy either. And I wasn't like, I wasn't thinking about like a long-term thing. Like I was just in like survival mode. Like I was just getting through the day. And finally, like something like, you know, like things happen and I like tripped off and I was just like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> Like, what have I done? And then I realized that like so much of life is like snowballed in these last couple of years. And here's where I'm at. And I'm just terrified, like frightened. Like, what am I going to, how do, like, where, where do I even start? How do I get myself out of this mess I've gotten myself into? And how do I like, how do I figure out how to like move on from this? Because how do you, like, what do you do? And so I had to like, get the courage up to tell my then husband that I think we made a mistake. And that was awful. Like to see like the shock in his eyes, you know, and to the hurt and upset and it was awful. But at the same time, like as soon as I got it out of my body, it was like in my bones, I knew it was not right. That like finally saying it out loud, was like a big relief. It was like getting my diagnosis was a re- relief in some ways. Saying mm. it out loud finally it was like a relief as well because I was like, I you know like been mulling it over in my head trying to figure it out and not knowing like who I didn't really know like who I could talk to about it or what I you know what I mean. And when I finally said it outside out, out loud to him, and while he didn't agree, and while he was like, "Excuse me, what?" <laughs> <laughs> 
um, I knew in like my heart and my soul and my bones that it wasn't right for me. And I had to, I had to end that. And so we did, we walked away, we parted. And that was the first time in my life where I had to like take care of myself. Cause I went from living at home for college to moving in with the boyfriend at the time who became the fiance and the husband. And I never had a, beside him, I never had a roommate situation in my life. I had never had to like pay my own rent. I, you know, like, like so many, like, just like day to day, like logistics, basic needs. Like I never had to take care for myself. Like I lived at home until like, like I said, in college, which means that like my mom grocery shopped for me. Yeah. My mom still did laundry. Like, (laughs) like I just like tossed my stuff in the family bins and my mom did my laundry for me until then. I'm sure I helped out here and there, but like I didn't ever have to do like anything all for myself. And I mean, that was hard. (laughs) That was hard because I, one, I was like just getting done with college and about to start like working in the real world. And so, yeah, I ended up like, pretty much breaking two hearts, my own and his, um, knowing it was for the right reason. Um, even though he couldn't see it at the time, I'm sure now he would agree because his life has gone in a completely different direction as well. Um, and, but yeah, figuring out how to pick up those pieces and move on. And the next several years, that's what I did. I just kind of figured out how to like take care of myself and how to like think for myself and make decisions for myself and, to really just focus on myself. And all through that, I was still dealing with figuring out how to live with a disease. I was still on conventional medications. And finally, like when I had that break of, you know, breaking ties with this like old life of mine, that was, you know, just me living, going through the motions. I like kind of started like, okay, like I can do this. Like, this is fun. I enjoy, like, I enjoy me time. I enjoy being by myself. This is amazing. Um, And so that was all really good. And then it was a few years later that like my health started to come into play again. Like I was, you know, I had switched medications a couple of times and eventually like, it just kind of started to feel like it wasn't working anymore. I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't, I don't think I was looking very good because that's how I found out it wasn't working for me. (laughs) I, um, Justin and I met because we worked for the same company and he and another coworker, we like went to go get coffee in the afternoon one day or something. And he was just like, they were just both kind of like, Hey, are you feeling okay? Like, you don't look, you look like maybe you're not feeling so good lately. And I was like, Oh, it was just such like a sucker punch. Like here I was thinking like I was doing good, like, you know, like figuring things out and making it look good and easy and (laughs) sure as heck wasn't, I guess. (laughs) But that was kind of just like this. Yeah. Like a total sucker punch. Like I just felt like the wind got taken out of me and was like, Oh, it's not working. I thought it was, but truthfully, like, I was kind of back into another phase of just going through the motions and in survival mode, like getting through the days. Um, And that was when I decided to change my diet. And, you know, that's probably like the biggest life change that I've made to date that's had like the greatest impact on my life. 
I changed my diet and no joke within two to four weeks, I was just like a totally different person. Wow. Was this something that you like did your own digging to like to test out and experiment or were, were doctors telling you, why don't you try this or no, absolutely. No doctor was telling me this. Um, (laughs) they, you know, if I had asked my neurologist, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts on it? I think she would have said like, she does think diet has an impact actually. Like she's a little bit more progressive than some doctors in that sense. Um, but our views on what diet, um, and what type of eating should be most helpful are a little differing. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, so none of the advice came from her. I, my brother-in-law actually, maybe a year or two before I changed my diet, he had told me that I should watch this Ted talk by Dr. Terry Walls, who has MS and she played around with diet and MS and, you know, some other modalities as well. Um, and ended up like really like doing a deep dive and figuring out how to turn her life around because she was in like a progressive state of MS and she was like living in a wheelchair, essentially, like not functioning and enjoying her family and life. And um, so anyway, my brother-in-law had told me about this TED talk that she did. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll watch it sometime. And, you know, a year or two later, this kind of comes back around. And I just remember like sitting, I was sitting in my bedroom and I was watching it on my phone, taking notes on like this little piece that a piece of like um, like a little notebook that I had on my dresser or my nightstand. And I'm like sitting on the edge of my bed, watching this thing on my phone, scribbling notes, like eat this many cups of greens, this many cups of colorful vegetables, this much protein, da, 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 da. And I'm like, what do I have to lose? Like, I feel like crap. Apparently I look like crap. <laughs> and I, let's just do this. Like if nothing else is an experiment and I will learn something from it and move on. So that's what I did initially was they followed what Terry Walls kind of outlines in her book, The Walls Protocol. And yeah, started seeing a naturopath also shortly after I changed my diet. And yeah, within those first four weeks, because I remember going back to my like follow-up appointment four weeks later with the naturopath and she was just like, wow, like, wow. (laughs) what a change in four weeks. And I was like, yeah, I feel like a whole new person. Like I I had lost, I didn't really need to lose a ton of weight or anything. I actually lost too much weight when I first changed my diet. Um, I kind of had to like figure out how to like normalize and rebalance and stuff. But um, yeah, just like I was sleeping better. My digestion was better. I used to get headaches where I would take like Advil probably three to five times a week. And I hadn't only taken Advil, I think once in that four weeks since I changed my diet. Wow. And yeah, just like brain fog, like think clear, um, like so much just changed so fast. And once again, people at work noticed <laughs> and they were like, what are you doing? Like, what's so different? Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, so that was all very interesting. But yeah, so I did it initially. I changed my diet as like an experiment. And I was like, I'll try anything for a month and see what happens and go from there. And well, like a month turned into, I'm going to see what happens in another 30 days. And, you know, 60 days turned into three months. And all of a sudden I was like, so yeah, I'm never going back. (laughs) So 
it, I guess it's what started out as a diet kind of turned into a full lifestyle change for me. And I've never really gone back. Like I don't, now I don't eat as strictly as I did when I first changed my diet. Um, partially just due to like pregnancy and I added a bunch of stuff in while I was pregnant um, that I hadn't eaten for a while because either I craved it or um, I was just like, maybe I should try reintroducing and see what happens. Um, And it went fine. So I definitely like, and I've cut stuff out again since having Nora because breastfeeding, like some stuff didn't seem to drive with her. And so I've continued to like fine tune and I don't find it like, I don't have like a static diet. I just have learned more to eat more intuitively and listen to my body and kind of see what happens and just be open to, you know, shifts because our hormones change, our bodies change and nothing is, you know, everything's fluid. Nothing stays the same forever. And um, yeah. So I think even going forward, I, I expect there will be some changes and some fine tuning and, you know, adapting, but I think that's the single change I've made. That's been the most like life-changing and altering for me in the best way. Um, And Justin kind of saw this like transformation happen from, you know, like an outside view. We weren't dating yet um, when I first changed my diet. And I think he got kind of like curious about it. And um, yeah, so once we started dating, which was not too long after I changed my diet, maybe like couple of months later, a few months later or something, he just ended up like diving straight in and was like, well, I'm going paleo too, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It wasn't too far off for him. He grew up on a small farm. And so he's always kind of had that farm to table vibe in his life from how his mom cooked and stuff. So it was definitely like cutting out some things. He like, he used to eat sandwiches for lunch every day. That was me. Yeah. My whole life. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So he'll like tell you like he would he was like, Yes, I stopped eating sandwiches. And that was kind of, you know, like a hard change at first. But he the same thing for him. Like he totally had a transformation too and started feeling a lot better. And like wow. Yeah. So we both just kind of were like, Well, I guess this is just like our life now. We just kind of carry it forward. And that's how our blog, the real simple good life actually like it came to be because we were cooking so much and we just wanted to have a place to put it all to organize it and not have like scribbled notes on papers all over the house. (laughs) And so we just did it for ourselves initially. And then we were like, this is kind of fun. Like maybe we should like create a logo for this site. And so we did like that 99 designs or whatever, where people like, they like, it's like a contest. They like create designs and you like pick a winner and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. But yeah, so like we got this logo made and we were like, we should start taking pictures for these recipes. And so we ended up buying a camera and like, like nothing was pretty to start. It was all like, it never is. (laughs) No, it's like messy and ugly, but like, you're like excited about it. And there's Mm -hmm. just like something that like fuels you about it. And so it just kind of, kind of kept, kept being that way for us. And I continue to evolve and evolve and, you know, almost a year into having started our website, we were both like unhappy with our professional careers. We were both CPAs and we worked in corporate finance and accounting roles. And um, like, I had been trying to figure out how I was going to get out of that for, you know, a couple of years leading up to meeting Justin. And 
I thought I was going one direction and it just didn't work out. And I mean, I'm glad it didn't work out because how things worked out now is way better. But um, I thought I was going to go in one direction and instead we, you know, we went this other direction and we were just trying to figure out like, how, is it possible? Could we make this like our gig instead of, you know, being accountants by day and bloggers by night and weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we just didn't have enough time to like dedicate to growing it to a level where we could like do two, you know, two jobs at once until we could make the one we wanted to work. And we were like, we're going to be doing that for a long time. And it might not even get there if we, you know, keep trying to do it on the side. And so we uh, decided to make a really big decision and take a really big risk. We quit our jobs, both of us at the same time. Well, wow. like a month or so apart, I think were our actual end days. Um, and we sold our properties in Portland, Oregon, and we moved to Bend, Oregon. We already had a house in Bend. So we had bought a house over here knowing we wanted to like get over here eventually, like, but it was going to be like our, you know, weekend getaway kind of home. What drew yeah. you guys to Bend? I'm sorry to interrupt. Just curious. No. What drew us to Bend? We mm -hmm. both grew up coming over to Central Oregon in the, like the summers and stuff as kids. And I always like wanted to retire in Bend. And, um, so yeah, I think we both kind of had this like fondness about Ben that we liked. Uh, we love the weather over here. Uh, you know, in Portland, it gets so rainy for nine months out of the year. Um, and over here in Bend, it's just like high desert. So we get, you know, warm summers, but it cools down in the evening and then we get snow in the winter mm -hmm. and, a lot less rain. So <laughs> that drew us as well. Just like weather sounded like a good change for us. Um, but yeah, just like kind of a nostalgic, we loved the area when we were kids and, you know, just kind of, we're looking for a smaller town to get outside of Portland. Justin grew up in a town of like 500 people. So, oh wow, he, you know, this is like a comfortable medium for, a lot smaller for me, but not as small as what he grew up. Yeah. With. So yeah, I kind of, I don't know, for a lot of reasons, it just felt like a good fit. And yeah, so we moved over here and moved into our house and we just started working on Real Simple Good full time and we didn't know what we were doing. It was really terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, I mean, if it tells you anything about us, right, like we're both accountants. So that is a pretty good indication that you're risk averse if you're an accountant, um, like comes with the territory. So yeah, like our families thought we were crazy. They were like, what are you guys doing? You have like stable, lucrative jobs. Like, what are you doing? Um, why would you take this big risk? And, you know, we both were like, well, when are we going to do it otherwise? Like we didn't have a kid yet. We, didn't have any other like debt or obligations. Like there was no, nothing financially or logistically saying like, don't do this. The main like hurdle we had to get over was like, with me having MS, it was like, oh, we're gonna have to get health insurance individually and not covered by a company. 
So that's going to be different and harder and more expensive. Um, but yeah, I was just over like making decisions based on having MS and having a disease and, you know, like we can talk ourselves out of a lot of really good ideas or dreams way faster than, you know, like a lot of things die out way faster than anything just because of self-doubt and fear. So I don't know. We both were just like, we've never done anything crazy before. Like, why not give it a try and see what happens? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what's the worst that happens? Like, we have to go back to being accountants, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And we both, like, we were both good at our jobs and, like, would get good recommendations. So we could go find accounting jobs anywhere whenever we needed to. So we were, you know, we were like, whatever. If we need to, we need to go back, you know, fall back on that education and that career and um hopefully we won't have to like hopefully we figure this out and so the first like year and a half to almost two years was like I don't know if we're gonna be able to make this work like it was just so hard and so different going from like a stable steady income and schedule and like just so much predictability in our lives before to like just this you know 180 of like now everything's on me like I have to figure out how to do this we have to figure out how to do this and like (laughs) like who's gonna pay our mortgage because like we have a mortgage and bills and like we got to figure out how to do this so we I mean we had like a little bit of savings that we gave us a little bit of courage to take the risk because we were like okay you know we've got like this little nugget we can we've set aside that we can like you know, help get us through this tough part as we figure it out. Um, but yeah, like around that two year mark was like when we finally were like, all right, we're figuring this out. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't like, it wasn't like we had it all figured out, but it was just like, you could see that like the momentum, the momentum was building and that things were going in the right direction. And like little by little, like we, we were like starting to see things work and like, you know, go how we thought they would go. And so, yeah, we had took this huge risk and it was a couple of years before our families were like, are you sure you shouldn't have taken this risk? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think now everyone is like, we totally get it. Like you guys, like you're doing what you should be doing now. And we're both a lot happier. And, you know, what we do is a lot more fulfilling than sitting behind a desk and typing away and working away for somebody else's benefit. Like now everything we do, whether it's good or it's bad or it fails or flops or is a huge success, like it's all on us. And so, you know, it's a lot of really great highs and also really low lows. Like when things don't work out, like we both feel the lows equally. Um, so that's like one of the challenges I think is, having the both of us, you know, work on it together and it, and it be both of our full-time thing. We both, like we do, like we always have someone to celebrate with who totally gets it. But then on the flip side, it's like (laughs) double low because we Uh both feel it so deeply. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of like how we got here. I feel like it's, you know, we, our website is the real simple good life and like, that's what we feel like we're living the real simple good life. Like that's what we are just like sharing how we live. And, um, I always like say it is, it's super simple. It's totally simple, but it's 
totally also not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like simple and easy aren't the same yeah. thing. Um, a lot of like how we live now is probably harder than some of the like, you know, choices and decisions and things and ways of how we lived before. Um, but it's so much more fulfilling and so much more, I don't know. It just like, it just feels way better. (laughs) And as you guys know, I'm sure like when you're doing something you care about and when you're like passionate about what you're doing, it's like you take on those risks and those challenges so much more happily (laughs) and willingly. (laughs) Wow. Did you have any support or like guidance on like, I know you say you were like just figuring it out, but like, what were you guys doing to like get the business started? Like, did you find someone who also had a business and was like, you know, picking their brain or were you guys like YouTubing everything? Like, I'm so curious, like what that process looked like you guys trying to figure that out. Yeah. It was so much YouTubing, (laughs) so much YouTubing. Um, we, I mean, we both did a lot of YouTubing, but man, Justin did like a whole lot. (laughs) He like kind of took on the role of like being our tech person and like actually like building our side out and, um, figuring out kind of like all the like behind the scenes stuff of like actual, like, I mean, you don't have to do like actual coding now anymore. You know what I mean? But like you can use, we use like WordPress as like our platform. Right. And so like, it's pretty user friendly, but like, there's a lot you have to like figure out to get things set up. And so, yeah, YouTube was definitely our friend. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, you know, late nights watching how to videos on YouTube. Um, and then, yeah, we didn't, you know, like early on, we didn't really have like a mentor that we like relied on we did join like food blogger pro. So Lindsay Ostrom and Bjork, um, have food blogger pro. And like, that was great for a lot of like the early on, like creation and setup of things and just trying to like find your way as a food blogger. Um, so we did like, we relied on that, I think for the first part as well, but like in, in terms of like, a you know, like a local person that we could like sit down with and, and talk with, we didn't really have that, I guess it was a lot of just like figuring it out on our own and learning as we went and, you know, like trying all the things to see what one thing works. And, um, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. But as we've gotten, like, I think as we've gotten like on into it a little bit longer, like we've, we've tried to, you know, like find more like mentor opportunities and like people, uh, to, you know, talk with and, and, you know, commiserate with sometimes, but not most people aren't doing exactly what we're doing. So there isn't always like a perfect mentor for us. It feels like, um, so like last year before like COVID and everything, Justin was a part of like a local, um, men's like business group. So it was like a lot of business owners, but kind of like doing all different things. So like all different industries and sectors and stuff, but that was nice to like have like people like a group of people to like bounce ideas off of or be like, hey, we're thinking about doing this, but like I think with this might be a challenge. Like, what do you, you guys think or whatever? So that was like nice to kind of like have people to workshop stuff through. Um, and then we also 
ended up at one point kind of creating like a blogger, a food blogger mastermind group. So like, it was like us and probably like a handful or so other food bloggers that we've met through blogging um, that we ended up like asking if they would want to like join a monthly call with us. And like, we did that for several months, but if anything I've learned is like being a food blogger and about food bloggers is like, you're, you have to like be a jack of all trades in a lot of ways. You have to like know and learn so many different skill sets to do it that like most food bloggers don't have a lot of extra time to like do these other things. (laughs) Mm. And so the mastermind group that we created kind of petered out in that way. I think just because people like everyone's short on time and energy and like for us, it's a little bit different because we're both doing it. And so that kind of like affords us a little extra flexibility and like time and energy because we both work on the same thing where a lot of other food bloggers are like moms, wives, partners to other people and other, you know, commitments and things. And so they might be like also full-time taking care of kids and like blogging is like this, you know, tiny, small slice of their life. Yeah. compared to like us where it's like both our full-time gigs. So we've had a little bit harder time, I think, finding like a mentor or other people to like bounce ideas off of and like, you know, kind of like brainstorm and think things through with that are like directly in the same like niche and space that we're in. But it is good. Like we've made good blogging friends that we can like reach out to here and there. I think we would like to like restart our mastermind like group again. Just we found value in it when we were doing it. So you need to think about that. I mean, yeah, I anything with like connecting with other people who are yeah, things similar, like they have different perspectives, but you have something in common. It's always inspiring to like hear other people's perspectives in the yeah. same area for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm so fascinated though. Like you guys took this big risk, like, did you guys have any, like, I feel like I'm doing a lot of work now on my mindset and I'm doing a lot of reading, like Mm -hmm. just retraining my brain to think differently, to like, not think of always like fear-based thoughts, comparison thoughts. Like, did you guys do any kind of work like that when you did this? Or you guys just kind of fed on each other's energy and you just were like, you were taught that at a young age. Like that's, that part is so fascinating because I feel like it's just, there's so much going on in your head that like, how did you guys get past all that? And like, even your parents or like people saying like, oh my God, like, what are you guys doing? Like, how did you guys get through that? Yeah, that, I think that was honestly like that was probably the hardest thing about that first year and a half to two years that were really challenging. It was it was a mental thing that was hard um, because, like I said, we went from like this really like kind of cushy, stable, predictable lifestyle to this, you know, like one month might be great and the next month, who knows? Um, it's just such like a vast change. And I think like I and I don't know, like necessarily where it comes from, but I definitely have always had a like growth and learning mindset. Um, I've always tended toward like activities and things that are more um, like master, like more like, I don't know how to say it, Um, but just like more. So like, for instance, like 
yoga or meditation or bar, like, so bar fitness has like been my thing for almost a decade. Um, and it's very like mastery driven, I guess, is where I'm getting at. Where like, you're never going to be like a hundred percent there. Like you're always going to be reaching and striving. And like, there's always like a better, you can always like work toward a better version of yourself in the next, you know what I mean? Yeah. So kind of like that mastery driven, that mastery mindset. Um, I don't know, like necessarily where it comes from. Maybe that's another part of like being the youngest of three kids. And like, I don't know, combination of a lot of things, but I think like for both of us, that was hard. It was even harder for Justin that first year and a half because he had never, he had always only had a traditional career. Now I had always had a traditional career since getting out of college, but I also taught dance on the side or dance myself. And then I started teaching bar and like, I had always like kind of tipped my or dipped my toes and like these other things. Um, so for me, like the uncertainty and the unpredictability of it was like a little bit easier to handle. Um, Justin definitely struggled with it a lot more for that first year and a half or so. Um, and we just like, we were just so busy trying to figure it out. I don't think we had a lot of time to process those feelings. <laughs> and enough. so they would, sometimes it would just like bubble over in a moment, like a tough day would come and then it would bubble over and we'd be like, why are we a wreck right now? Well, it's because we weren't processing these feelings. Like we didn't have the time. Um, once we kind of got through that first like year and a half, two years and like felt a little bit more like confident that we were on the right path and that things were kind of, you know, working themselves out and we were going to figure it out and make it. Um, then I think we, that gave us like a little bit more like space and capacity to work on <laughs> <laughs> our like mindset in our mental game. And I think we started to, but it wasn't until our miscarriage, I think that that kind of forced us to really dig deep and figure out how to like turn around from that because yeah, that was hard, <laughs> but we, so that was like, we like, we're trying to get pregnant pretty much our whole relationship. If I'm going to be honest with you, uh, before we were even married, we like knew we wanted to have kids and we, were we knew we were gonna get married and like we knew like we we like knew all these things right like I know he's my person I know I'm his person like we're gonna be together we're gonna get married we want kids like we know all these things so pretty much our whole relationship we were not trying to not get pregnant is that the right way to say it sure um, <laughs> we were just like if it happens like we know we want to have kids so it's cool yeah. like we're, we're good um but then like after, you know, like living a couple of years like that and it's still not happening, we were like, huh, maybe, maybe there's like a bigger issue here that we need to work on. Um, so then we had to start like looking into our infertility and figuring that out. And, you know, I think a lot of that like forced us to start thinking more about just business and life and like, you know, priorities and all these things and we finally like ended up doing IVF after finding out that like that was going to be our pretty much our only option if we wanted to have kids um, naturally. Well, yeah. not naturally, I guess, but like of our own. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and it's not that we were, we're not opposed to any other options for having kids. Um, we just knew like, if we didn't try an attempt, um, that it would be something we would look back and always like wonder about. And so we were like, I think we have to try IVF and see what happens and go from there. And we got pregnant and we were so excited. We were like, Oh my God, finally, like, this is like year, we're like years into this, you know, this story and finally we're pregnant. And then at our eight and a half week ultrasound, like the moment the ultrasound started, I was just like, something is not right. Like I didn't, I'd never been pregnant before and I never, you know, seen like the progression of like what, you know, embryos look like as they grow. But I was just like this, the moment, like I could see the embryo on the screen, I was like, shouldn't it be bigger by now? Like it looked very much like it did like a couple of weeks previously. Mm. And she was just like searching around and I could tell she like couldn't find a heartbeat. And then like, as soon as she said it, it was just like tears, like just the breakdown and yeah, both of us. And so we had to figure out like, what does this mean for us? Like, what is, what do you, like, what do you do? Like all of your hopes and dreams, like just come crashing down in a, you know, in an instant. And we, we were in Portland because all of our fertility treatments were in Portland and it was the holidays and we were, you know, tacking appointment on to a holiday visit to, you know, be efficient. And it's like, the day after Christmas and we go to this appointment and we just like, like literally like just the night before had given everyone Christmas cards with like pictures of that first like six week ultrasound, like where we first heard the heartbeat. Mm. And it was just like that next morning, it was just got like just over and done. And obviously like, how can you be prepared for that? We were not. Um, But yeah, so we stayed in town for a little bit longer and then made the trek back to Bend and yeah, it was just so lonely coming home to our house and like, just being like, wow, like this is, this is reality. Like, this is what it's actually like. And that I think really like nudged us in a big way to like figure out personal development and just did a lot of reading and podcasting and all the things. And I think both of us, um, I'm so sorry. Oh, sorry. No. I mean, I'm not sorry. I mean. <laughs> yeah, no. I am. Um, I mean, it's. <sighs> Life comes at you fast <laughs> and we knew we had a decision to make that like we could let it break us. (laughs) We could let it ruin us. Um, And it would have been so easy to let it break us. Uh, But we also knew that like that little life that we created served better than that. (laughs) And that, like, 
she deserved for us to figure out how to like make something really great come from such a terrible loss. And so that was the choice that we made that we were gonna, you know, turn this tragedy into triumph because that's what that tiny little baby deserved and what we deserved too, because because we'd already like we've already taken so many risks and like taken all these you know like decisions in a moment that led us there and it that was our chance to like to you know turn the corner to decide like if we were going to let that be you know like our demise because how easy would it be to like like that changes your relationship that changes how you feel about a lot of things and that could have been the end for us like it's hard enough to have to deal with your own grief but then to have like somebody else going through the same grief at the exact same time like it's a lot I feel like when you're in a relationship usually like one person can always be the strong person and the other person can like have the space to go through whatever they're going through and that was the first time I think well, definitely the first time in our relationship, um, maybe like the first time in our lives too, where we had to like figure out how to go through, you know, something with another person. And we had like, we process things differently. We're very, we're similar, Justin and I, we really are um, in a lot of ways, but like, you know, thrown into that, like the depths of that kind of grief and like, like how we process it is different, how we cope with it is different. And how um like figuring out how to support each other through that grief like while your own grief is like overflowing is like it's just a lot right and so we just committed to like continuing to talk and continuing to communicate and it didn't matter what it was like it could be anything um as long as we were like continuing to say words and connect and um, communicate in some way, like that was like, we knew that that would get us through it. And so that's what we did. And some days it was like just words, like words that didn't even make sense. Um, but we just kept communicating and talking and focusing on gratitude. Like we both started doing like a gratitude journal every single day. And it was like, just, having like forcing ourselves to find good like to seek it and to find it because like I said it would have been so easy to just give up and be like this is too much like it's just too much um but instead we decided to keep talking and communicating and finding you know the things that were good and happy and and enjoy and that I think started slowly over time <laughs> to, you know, to grow and to build and like, you know, gratitude grows, it grows and it builds on itself. And like, the more you seek gratitude, the more you find it. And the more you look for it, the more it appears. And that started happening slowly. And, you know, all this like reading and listening and everything we were doing on the personal development side, like, it all just started to like, to, to feel like it was really pushing us in this, in this new direction. And that was when we kind of pivoted with our website and decided that 
we wanted to turn from just being like a recipe food blog into something that was more um, lifestyle encompassing. And so that was when we started like sharing more about what we were doing on like the personal development side. And um, that was where we kind of, you know, we shifted from just real simple good to the real simple good life. And um, yeah, we just kind of kept like, growing and going down that path and it's crazy that like if I look back now like there really actually wasn't that much time between our miscarriage and like this big pivot in our business and then getting pregnant again like (laughs) it's so like it felt like so long while we were going through it but now like I look back and it was really like only a little over six months before we were pregnant again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so we ended up doing IVF again. Um, we, you know, like we, we need, we knew we needed some time in between to kind of like pick up the pieces and let our hearts, you know, start to heal just a little bit. And um, we took a vacation. We went to Hawaii And on our vacation in Hawaii, we were like, I think I'm ready, ready to try again. And so we came back from our trip to Hawaii and got back in touch with like the fertility clinic and started, you know, making appointments to try again. And man, it was so like, it was so scary to try again, but also like exciting because like I told you, like we, we've known we wanted kids for so long. (laughs) Um, and so I think like initially we were both just like really excited to try again because we still knew like that we just still knew what we wanted. And, um, yeah, so we tried again and we used our last two embryos. And so it was, in some ways it was like, it was exciting and scary and also like a little bit of pressure at the same time because we knew that they were our last two embryos. And so we were just, you know, hoping, we knew I could get pregnant, that was good. So we were like, hopefully it happens again. Um, And then it did and we were like, ha, okay, let's do this. Um, And man, pregnancy after a loss is a trip. It's so hard. I mean, it's nerve wracking even I can't imagine what it would be like, you know, losing a baby and then getting pregnant. And then, but I mean, just being pregnant alone is just, there's so much anxiety just being pregnant now. It's just worrying, but I can only imagine, holy cow. Yeah. It was just, it's just, you know, what's at stake. Let's just say that. Like, you know, you know how crippling the, the, the actual like loss is. And so it's, and it's one of those things where like, if it happened again, I don't think it would be easier. Sometimes hard things happen and then they happen again. And it's like a little bit easier because you've been through it. I don't think it would be easier just having gone through it. Like, I think it's just something that would never be easier, but we made it. We, I started meditating a lot actually while I was pregnant. Um, you did. Yeah. That was like one of the, I like meditated before I got pregnant um, that like meditation and gratitude were like the two things that like really I think helped us kind of crawl out of the darkness from our miscarriage um but while I was pregnant I was doing it like multiple times a day because I was like I just need 
I just need to breathe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, we made it through. It, it was challenging and it was hard to enjoy at some times because I was afraid, you know, like if I allowed myself to like fully enjoy it and like get completely excited that like the rug would come out from under me. Um, so I don't think it was until like into the last half and maybe even like the last trimester where I was like, I'm pregnant, I'm, <laughs> I'm pregnant and I'm doing this. It, you know, I kind of finally settled into it there at the end. Um, but mostly I was like, I just want her here. Like, I just yeah. want her here safe and in my arms and then I can breathe again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, so when she, when she was born and we like got to hold her and see her finally, it was pretty much the best thing in the world. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's, it's so inspiring just to hear how just like the little act of like you and your husband, like just talking, just, just making the choice to be like, like, we, let's just still talk. Like, that's it. And how that just progressed into something like where you are now with Nora. It's Nora, right? Yeah. That name is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I feel like there's like so many things that we weren't taught when we were younger. I don't know how you feel. Like, just the act of like communication or mindset that truly like just transform your life. 100% agreed. <laughs> yeah, I don't think either of us feels like we were really like taught as kids um, much about either like communication or mindset. Um, I think that like now, like in our life together, like we've learned about it, whether it's we've been, you know, kind of been forced upon us or just like because we choose because we want to like continue to grow and become better versions of ourselves. Um, but yeah, it's also like, it's kind of like exciting too, though, right? Because like, yeah. we weren't really brought up that way. But like, now we have this really huge opportunity in front of us with like our own little ones to, you know, impart that on them from a very young age. Like, we were just talking yesterday with a, a couple friend about like, how the mom, you know, gets up in the morning and she does like some guided, like, it's like a meditation thing for kids. I forget what she said it was called, but, um, her son is like, okay, mom, it's time to go do our yoga. And it's like, (laughs) it's super cute. She said, it's just like a 12 to 15 minute thing where they do like a meditation yoga type of thing together. And it, you know, has like some positive message for kid in it. And, um, I was like, I just love that. Like, that, like, that's like where we're at now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, that's like what we can do with our kids now that like our parents never thought to do with us. Um, so it's, it's exciting. I think it's, it's like a really cool opportunity and um, yeah, just like a cool, a cool place to be in life, I guess, right now with little ones. I agree. Uh, we have this amazing ability and power to like normalize so many positive things yes. at a very young age. Yeah. Whether some people will agree or not agree. It's like at this point in my life, and I'm sure you can resonate that you just know who you are, you know, what you believe in, you know, what you value. And you just are so excited to like extend that on to your child. And like, yeah, it's, it gives me goosebumps thinking about doing some of the things and I see her do it. It's like, wow, like this is her childhood. Like I'm a part of it. Like I get to relearn all of this stuff all over again. Like, and it's crazy. I don't know if you can 
relate to this, but seeing Lucille do some of the things and I'm like, it's innate that we are so curious and so kind and so observant and we take risks at a young age and it's like, Mm -hmm. we're born that way. And then along the line, we get so distracted or so many things come into play in our environment that like steer us in a different direction. And it's like, I feel like I'm relearning how to be that way all over again. And it's so exciting. (laughs) Yes. I so fully agree with that. I, before Nora was even born, like I I remember for our website, I wrote a blog post about like the fear of failure and like overcoming the fear of failure. Cause for some odd reason, like I don't find myself in, especially like in business cases, I don't find myself overly like afraid of failing. Um, I think it's part of that, like growth and learning mindset where like, I don't expect I'm going to get it right all the time by any means. Like I know I'm going to fail and that things are going to flop sometimes, but like, I also know that like, I'm just going to learn from it and move on. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just going to take whatever I can learn as much as I can, you know, and then apply it to the next thing. And like, so far that hasn't failed me. Like, that's like, (laughs) Like, that's how I got here is like, I did some things wrong. I I learned (laughs) from it and then I did better the next time or I, you know, pivoted and that led me in this other direction. So it's like, I just don't like, I don't have that fear of failure. I think I have more of a fear of success than failure. Oh, interesting. Which is like, it is interesting. I think actually. Now I want to hear more about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I find a lot more pressure from success and failure. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's my work on. <laughs> and I guess this is another question. Like, what is your view of success? Like, what's your definition? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know what my firm definition is, but for me, success is, it's more like a feeling than a, like a tangible thing. It's more of like that, like feeling like fueled and in that flow state. Like mm-hmm. that's like more success for me, I think. Um, of course, like we have and we make big goals and like <laughs> achieving them is success, of course. <laughs> um, but for me, it's like, it's more of a feeling than like a, an actual like thing. I don't know, like, cause goals are goals are goals. And often, I, I don't know if you're like us, you set goals, you achieve them and then most people don't stop to like soak up their achievements because you're already like onto the next yeah. goal. Uh-huh. And so I think like for me, like success is like that feeling of rather than like the thing that I'm reaching for, it's like all that stuff in between. Like that's the success for me. I 100% agree. It's like this whole year has taught me the value of listening and I just started yoga and I felt like I never actually sat still to actually feel things. And it's crazy how I can see all of my goals and my goal planner now are all about feeling like <laughs> this is how I want to feel like it's nothing like external. It's all internal. And it's never mm. been like that before. But um, I 100% agree. Like, I feel like it's not talked about much as much like just how do you want to feel instead of like, how do you want to do, or like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, how do you want to, how do you want your life to feel? And when you talk about feel, it's like everything shifts. Like, Mm -hmm. 
and kind of pivots you in the direction that you really want to be in instead of versus just doing. And doing. Yes, yes, um, yes. Oh, this is so doing beautiful. is like that hamster wheel. Like you just get stuck in it. Yeah. It's never ending. And then it's like an autopilot. And like you said, like you just go and do, you're going through the motions and you don't really stop to think and reflect and, you know, process things and appreciate all of the, the amazing things in your life and enjoy the process, which is so hard to do. It's like, you want to go to the next thing, but actually to like appreciate the moment for what it is and see the light in that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. You are so inspiring. So, so much. Um, <laughs> we covered so many questions that like, I wanted to ask you that it's just like, wow. Um, oh, I, I'm so fascinated. Like, I, it sounds like, you know, you have a gratitude journal, you're meditating, like, and I know no two days are ever going to be the same, but like, what is a typical day look like for, for you and your husband and little Nora? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, we, yeah. So we used to be, well, both Justin and I are very like routine and habit-based people. Um, like we function best when we like have these like set routines and um, that so having a baby has obviously thrown that like <laughs> all kinds of out of whack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be real. Um, but I think so she's almost a year old. She'll be a year old this month, at the end of Yay. this month, oh um, which is crazy. I can't believe that. Right. Um, <laughs> But that means like a year, we've almost had a full year here of figuring out how to live with, you know, a baby and raising a tiny human. We don't have it all figured out still a year in. Um, maybe we never will. And that's okay. I'm fine with that. <laughs> but it does kind of feel like we're starting to like sort of settle into this new life of ours, which is a good feeling. Um and our days are like, there's some things that are like normal about our days. Right. And we are, we're so lucky because with both of us, you know, working on our website and doing our business full-time, we both are full-time parents also, which is pretty cool. I think for all of us, especially for Nora. Yeah. Um, so we really like split up a lot, of, like everything, like everything just gets split up. Um, so during the work week, Monday through Friday, cause we try to like just work during the week. Cause we used to be really bad about setting boundaries and we would just find ourselves working all the time. Do you do that? Yes. It's, it's weird. <laughs> so I'm, I've been a teacher for 12 years. Um, I'm actually leaving the profession this year cause we decided to move and, um, ever since I had Lucille, it's like, I didn't take home things anymore. Like I didn't do extra work on the weekends. Yeah. Like so many priorities shifted Yeah. when I had her or even just trying to make her cause it was an infertility journey as well. And it's just crazy how you think it's so important in that season of life. And it, it, it feels like it is. And then totally. something else comes in this world. And it's like, why, like, why did I think that was like, it's important, but it's not like, but it's not that important. To, yeah. It doesn't need to take that much time in my life anymore. And yeah. it's, it's crazy how you value your time and your energy and how your priorities just completely shift. And it's, it, yeah. you feel confident in saying it's okay. And like not guilty about yes. adjusting your life to be the way you want it to be. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. So like I said, we 
we're totally there too. And we, it's like forced us to um, focus on what's actually important because we just, we do, we have a limited amount of bandwidth now, you know, and neither of us wants to spend all of our time on the work stuff. Like we want to like have more time with Nora and more time with all of us. And so we've had to figure out like, okay, for our business, what actually moves the needle? What's actually the important stuff? And then that's what we focus on and that's what we get done. And if there's stuff beyond that, like that's icing on the cake. Um, so during the work week, Monday through Friday, we split up the days. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Justin has a chunk in the morning. So he takes like the morning, the first half of the day or so, and he works and I watch Nora and hang out with her. And then we flip flop in the afternoon. I'll work and he'll watch her. And then Tuesday and Thursday is like the days I work in the morning and then watch her in the afternoon and vice versa. Um, and so that's kind of how we manage the work week and the workload. <laughs> and then, um, Weekends are just kind of like our family time. Like we try to like spend it hanging out with the three of us all together. Cause that's like the pitfall of our like weekly schedule is like, we're always like, you know, passing ships. Yeah. Like, okay, your turn. Okay. Yeah. Your turn. Tech team. Your turn, <laughs> you're up. <laughs> um, which is like fine because like the work has to get done yeah. and that's how we pay our bills. And like, that's how we afford to have Nora. So like, we're very like, you know, we're practical. Like we got that. This is just like a reality of our life right now. Um, and we're also starting a second business. So wow. we're crazy. Um, <laughs> a second business. Well, yeah. that was, yeah. So what is, what is the second business? So we're starting another website. <laughs> awesome. Um, it's going to be obviously like having a baby and like this shift in our life has like, you know, brought some new passions and things to the surface. And um, for me specifically, like feeding Nora and just this whole like concept of feeding children and like looking at like just the state of like the world and our country uh, right now and like how autoimmune disease, cancer, just illness, obesity, diabetes, like all of this stuff is on the rise. And if we look at how we feed kids, it's like, oh, it all starts so early. And so, yeah, I think it, we've always like loved the idea of like trying to figure out how to like make kids healthier, help kids be healthier. Um, and we've never like quite known how to like be a part of that revolution because yeah. we weren't parents yet. We didn't have kids yet. And we didn't have like the demands that parents have on them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some stuff we just like from our like current readers with the real simple good life, like we can like hear stories from parents and how hard it is to like have a job and raise kids and do all the things. Um, but it wasn't real for us and we didn't have to like figure any of those details out yet. And so now like with Nora and, and balancing our business and parenting and everything, um, like a lot of that stuff is kind of, you know, becoming more a reality. And, um, so yeah, this whole like notion of feeding kids and like, how do we like make healthier kids so that we have healthier adults? Because everything these kids are learning from such young ages is just setting the stage for illness 
and for, you know, less than optimal everything <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, so we feel pretty inspired to try to like shift how people do this. And so we're starting a second website and it's all going to be all about feeding kids. So it's going to be starting with introducing solids to babies because it starts that early. Yeah. So we're actually working on our first course right now. That's all about introducing solids to babies. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very like doing everything in like a gut friendly, gut healthy way and real food based and just trying to figure out how to show people that it's not that hard. It's actually easy and it's actually like way more fun for everybody too, because like, just like, we're so excited for Nora to be getting a little bit bigger and to like have her join us in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even tell you how excited we get about that. (laughs) And, (laughs) but yeah, so that's going to be our goal is like trying to show people, you know, it's actually really approachable and easy to feed kids real food and to get them excited about real food and to train their palates to crave real food. Mm. Um, But yeah, so that's what we're working on right now is continuing to push real simple good forward um, and then starting this new venture, which is another risk that we're taking. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so exciting. I a hundred percent agree. It's Uh, Even with Lucille, like a lot of times we'll cook our meals and she'll eat basically our meals, but it's just separated, you know, it's just like decompose. I like to call it like ours is composed and she just eats a decompose. But I think there's a lot of mindset shifts as parents too to be open to relearn that, you know, just because they don't want, you know, developmental wise, just because they don't want to eat it then doesn't mean they don't like it. It just means that like, they're not feeling it at the moment. You think about us, it's like, we don't want to eat burgers every day. Like some people might, but it's, it's (laughs) tough. Like you have to put yourself in like their brain that just because they don't eat it this time, doesn't mean they're like, you know, there's so much developmental things that I think we weren't taught that I had to relearn. Like I learned it in college child development. And then I had to relearn it again. Cause that was like 12 years ago. I'm like, I don't remember some of this stuff. Um, but yeah, it is fascinating. Like when some of my friends come over and they see her like eating, like she'll just hearing the words, oh my God, you're probably going to love this when they're like kale and spinach. And it's like, what did my kid just say that? And, you know, some of my friends will be like, like she eats that stuff. I'm like, if you keep exposing her to it, eventually the paint's going to stick on the wall. You just got to keep yes. throwing it out there. And like, yes. that's the whole point. It's like, don't give up. Just like keep throwing it out there. Yes. And eventually it's going to stick. It just takes, it takes a lot of time a lot of bandwidth, which a lot of parents don't have if they they're working full-time jobs. And so I think, yeah, there's a lot of that involved. That's amazing. I am so excited. Ah, that's so (laughs) great. Oh my gosh. Well, that was, that answers my question about like what you're currently working on. So, wow, that's, that's so exciting. Yeah. We're just like in the beginning stage. Well, we've got a lot of work on the course, like the con- the concept and the content is all like well yeah. underway, but like the actual creation of the website is just getting started. Like this past week actually has been like, this was a really big week. We did like all of the like logistics of like setting up a new LLC and bank accounts and all of the like, you know, just like the businessy side stuff. And then we actually just um, on Thursday, just a couple of days ago, we had... Um, 
our first like meeting with like initial logo designs. So like, it's, it's like that exciting, like, Ooh, it's oh starting gosh. to see it come together. And like, so we'll like be having, you know, some meetings in the next couple of weeks about like the design of the website and everything. So it's all very exciting. Oh, wow. Um, are you guys going to have like videos with her in it? I, I can, or is she going to be like, <laughs> no, no, we're not going to put her as like the forefront, like the Gerber baby. <laughs> I know it's, she'll definitely be um, a part of it just because like, She's so freaking cute. How she is. <laughs> <laughs> She's so dang cute. Um, so she'd be a great, great little spokesmodel for it. Oh my um, but yeah, she'll, she'll be part of it for sure. And, you know, hopefully continue to be a part of it as she gets like a little bit older and can get into the kitchen more with us and stuff. Yeah. It'll be really fun. Oh, I'm so excited for you guys. That sounds like a very fun <laughs> new adventure to dive into. Definitely. Uh, um, so... I'm taking up a lot of your time. I'm sorry. We're past the hour, but I'm so glad you're still talking to me. I'm like my husband and Lucille kind of peeked in and like, are you still in here? And I'm just going <laughs> to, um, I guess to kind of like get to the closing of everything. Uh, we I'm huge on like words. I think words are so powerful. Um, so I always like to end with a quote. Is there any specific quote or set of words, or even if it's just a word that's like really resonating with you, like currently in this season of life? Yeah, I yeah, one of my favorite quotes is actually it's a good one. I so it's along the lines of like I think we're at like a time in life where a lot of people are playing small or making themselves smaller to like allow other people to be big or um and I know I've been guilty of this in my own life a lot, not so much anymore, but like previously. Um, and so one of my favorite quotes is by Marianne Williamson and it says, and as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Mm. And I think that's so true. Like when you play big and you live out loud, like you're just giving the next person permission to like, take that same risk and that same leap to do it in their own life. So that's kind of something I like. I love the quote and I love kind of just like living by that mentality. You're doing it fabulously, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Um, man, I don't want this conversation to end, but um, <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> I know. I don't know if my husband like needed lunch or what. He was like looking at me because <laughs> so our, we're going through our kitchen renovation. So our kitchen is like in disarray and our oven, like we don't even have a stove. So we're just like bending for ourselves. <laughs> it's all kinds of beautiful chaos over here. Um, <laughs> but for if you could give like one little small, like actionable tip, um, to like lend the, our community just to be more intentional, just to, to live a happier life, you know, what yeah. would that be? You know, one of the other, so like from our miscarriage and then also just this like living in a pandemic situation, I think the, the one thing that we've like really had to work on figuring out how to master is first off realizing that like we're in charge of what we consume mm. and second is setting the boundaries over what we're willing to consume or not consume we in general all of us people right now living in the world there is so much 
being thrown at us from every direction as it goes for, for information, right? So like between social media, the news, um, the internet, just everywhere we turn, there is information accessible to us, available to us, and sometimes actually like being thrown at us. And it's so easy to go down these rabbit holes, right? Yeah. Like it's so easy to just like scroll for an hour and be like, what have I just done with my life? I just scrolled on Instagram for an hour. Like, what am I doing with my life? Um, So I think like the biggest thing I think people can do, like the biggest and have the biggest impact on their life is to just be really choosy about what you consume. Like to take ownership over what you consume. Um, Yeah, like, and, and make sure that what you're consuming, you know, fills your cup up rather than empties your cup because it's so easy to just let your energy and your everything go out the door with everything else coming in. (laughs) And so, and everything coming in, like everything in the news and social media and stuff, we just all have to remember that like, that's somebody else's agenda. Yeah. Like that's somebody else's agenda that they're trying to put on you. And so just be choosy, choose the, choose the, you know, the forms of media and content and consumption that, you know, fits with your own personal goals and beliefs and all of that. So wise. Yeah. If it's not upgrading you, usually it's downgrading you. Uh, There's like no middle ground. It's just like, but yeah, that, no, it's so powerful because I feel like with those little rectangles that we hold in our hands, it's so easy to get just caught up in just other people's lives, other people's yes. opinions, perspectives. And it's not like it's a good or bad thing. It's just like, it's a good for you personally. Yeah. So I love that so much. Oh, thank you, Erica, so much for taking your Saturday afternoon and chit-chatting with me. Well, I guess yeah, it's afternoon for you. I was going to say I'm three hours, but you're not, you're not <laughs> that far away uh, time-wise. Uh, I guess, how can people reach you if they want to find you? Um, I know you're on a couple different platforms. So if you just wouldn't mind sharing that out, that would be awesome. Yeah. Our website currently is realsimplegood.com. That's where you can find like all of our healthy living and eating, all the things related to that. Um, And we're also on all of the social media channels at Real Simple Good as well. And then coming soon, our new website, I will tell you is going to be healthylittlebellies.com. Oh, bellies. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I know. I would give you a social media handle, but we don't have that all figured <laughs> out yet. So we'll stick with just the website. Oh, that's so, so exciting. Um, well, congratulations with your new little baby website. Thank you. <laughs> Literally your baby business that's coming. And again, <laughs> um, thank you for sharing everything with me. Um, it was wonderful to hear your story and it's truly inspiring. And I just appreciate you just being open and letting that out. I know it it could not have been easy and um, just keep doing what you're doing. You are such a light. And that's why I was attracted to you and you have motivated me in other ways that you will never know until I share them out too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But again, like I was drawn to you and I was truly inspired by your story. And I appreciate you sharing that on the podcast. And Nick wanted me to tell you to hi, I'm sorry. He was not here. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Nick. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And um, 
yeah, thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate oh, it. And thank you. Hopefully I will still, I'll be following you on Instagram and still connecting with you in some capacity, but yes, thank you yes. so, so much. And, oh, thank uh, you for having me. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. If you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You can do this by writing a review or simply sharing this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation. Conversation leads to action. And action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today. And we will see you again next week. See you later.